Chavdalit Shvat, Taf, Shin, Ayin Zayin, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. שהקרב היה בוער והכיתה לא ששה, המפקד היה אומר, אתה ראשון יא קאסה! כולם ידעו שקאסבלן ראשון תמיד לצעוק, ומאחור הם צעקו, כל הכבוד! כולם היו יודעים אז טוב מאוד, למי למי יש יותר כבוד? כולם היו יודעים אז טוב Always a crowd favorite, going back a long way, Yehoram Gaon, with Kola uh, Kavod off of um, the soundtrack of the movie Kazablan. Hope you enjoyed that. We haven't played that in years. <laughs> welcome, 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 one and all, to this uh, week's edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM live, live, and I repeat, we are live at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Israel Time. Uh, you can listen to us via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free. And if you're listening to us, you probably know that already. But what we're trying to do is get you to tell all your friends. Nachum Siegel Network app, it's updated. It's It has new features. It's great. And you can listen to Jewish programming all day long. Great programming, great music. And of course, on the Nachum Siegel um, Internet, Nachum Siegel website, I think is what we call it, Nachum Siegel, N A C H U M S E G A L dot com. And you can listen on demand, and many of you do. On demand means whenever you want, you go to the Nachum Siegel app, the Nachum Siegel Network app, you um, download the show, and you can listen to it whenever you want, or you go to the website and you click on archives. And um, you can listen to it whenever you want. We have some interesting stuff. Uh, in addition to the promo that Nachum um, spoke about earlier, this morning, literally, within the last half hour, I came across an amazing website which allows you to see how much foreign money is being funneled into the radical left-wing organizations in Israel and where it comes from. And uh, I will tell you a little bit about what I discovered and we'll share with you the website and then we'll put it on our Facebook page so you can go there and see it too. It is, it is astounding, astounding. 
um, what they found. And thankfully, finally, a right-wing NGO, or I, should, I shouldn't even say a right-wing NGO, a Zionist NGO is putting out beautiful websites, easy to use and easy to show where the problems lie. Um, and we're going to talk about the Supreme... You know the Supreme Court in Israel is... You'll be, it's crazy. How they elect Supreme Court justices in Israel is absolutely crazy. And um, this week they are set to elect four more. And Supreme Court in Israel is very powerful. They actually have taken upon themselves the right to overturn... I know it sounds crazy. To overturn laws that the elected Knesset has passed. And who gets to be on the Supreme Court? And why, how do they get there? And why aren't certain other people allowed? We'll talk all about that coming up. Uh, right now, we'll introduce you to a new song, brand new, by Shuli Rand. You all know Shuli Rand. He's the guy who starred in Ushpizin, that great movie. That's Shuli Rand. And um, he's working on a new album. And this song is the first single to be released from the album that will be released later on. It's called Lote Di Kama Shuli Rand, debuting here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Gam <laughs> Shuli Rand, Lote Di Kama, brand new music, as we like to bring you here on the Israel Show. Well, last week, we all waited for that big meeting. Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel, Donald Trump, President of the United States, old friends, old friends, know each other for a long time. In fact, Donald Trump made a video endorsing Benjamin Netanyahu uh, in his last election when Donald Trump was running against Hillary Clinton. 
Prime Minister Netanyahu agreed to visit with him when he was in New York and uh, when Hillary Clinton asked for a similar visit, he agreed, but the initial visit was done with Trump. They are, they do see eye to eye on many, many things. During the election campaign, Donald Trump, who claimed he wasn't a politician like everybody else, spoke about how Israel should be able to build wherever they want, how he's going to definitely move the embassy to Jerusalem. He means it. He's really going to do it. He knows that other presidents promised, but they didn't do it. But he will, because he's different. And he showed great support for Israel for most of the election. Many people forget that early on in the election, he didn't want to speak up in uh, support of Israel, because he said, I need to be an honest broker. I'm going to make a deal. I'm a deal maker. This is the biggest deal in the world. And, and it's clear that to him, he does, I'm sure, love Israel and sees it as an ally. You know, he sees things very clearly in the sense of good and bad. George W. Bush was like that also. That Israel is the beacon of good in that whole area. But I think he also sees this as, it's a deal. It's the deal. It's the biggest deal, and he's going to make the deal. (laughs) During the press conference, Prime Minister Netanyahu actually uh, got a lot of points for pointing out. uh, He yelled out at some point. I mean, he didn't yell out, but he he spoke out at some point. He said, it's the art of the deal, and everybody laughed, and Trump loved it, stroked his ego. But now, as we said, I think two weeks ago, right here on this program, now he's sitting in a different chair and he has a different perspective, Donald Trump does. Now he says to Prime Minister Netanyahu, you know, we have to go easy on the settlements. You know, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. But we need to go easy on the settlements. Yeah, I really want to move the embassy to Jerusalem. I really want to. It's the right thing to do, and we're looking into it, and I really want to. Notice uh, the change. Uh, I'm not going to, at least not yet, but I really want to, and we're looking into it. The surprise came this week. Remember how two weeks ago, the small town of Amona in the Shomron was destroyed, was torn down, and the people that lived there were expelled, were exiled, because of a ruling of the Supreme Court of Israel. Remember that Prime Minister Netanyahu promised, in the name of the government, that they will build a new town, So that the people of Amona will have a new home. Well, in the government meeting yesterday, Prime Minister Netanyahu started to hedge. Well, yes, but, um, you know, I mean, well, President Trump has to be consulted. I have to coordinate it with him. What? What happened? Why do you... Do you have to consult with President Trump? One wonders. What was said in the private meeting after the press conference? Funny that the private meeting was after the press conference and not before the press conference. But anyway, what did President Trump tell Prime Minister Netanyahu? That you can't build anywhere, somewhere? There are people in Israel. There are commentators that say, look, the truth is that Prime Minister Netanyahu understands that the only place that building should take place is in what they call Area C, which are what they call also the Gushe Hahit Yashvut, the areas that everybody agrees will be part of the state of Israel at the ultimate end of whatever deal, whenever it happens. That includes Maled, Dumim, and that includes Gush Etzion, and that includes the area of Ariel and so forth. 
there, in those areas, of course, Yerushalayim, not, not even talking about that, Gilo, whatever, in those areas, there shouldn't be any problem to build. Now, there really shouldn't be any problem to build anywhere. But those who have the political bend of saying, eventually we're going to have to come to some accommodation. Eventually, we're not going to annex all of Yehudan Shomron, but we will parts of it. Why can't we build there? Has Netanyahu secretly agreed to a freeze, which during the Obama administration's eight years, he sort of did? So the commentators say, Netanyahu doesn't really want to build in all these places. And for eight years, he used Obama as the excuse. Now, supposedly, he has no excuse. Why isn't he doing what he claims he wants to do? You know, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption. It's a classic movie. If you see movies, you got to see this one. It's about two prisoners. One of them is really innocent and was um, put into prison for a long sentence incorrectly. The other one is a criminal who happens to be just a, uh, he's a nice guy. And uh, they become friendly. And the innocent one, who's very smart, ultimately breaks out and goes, gets free. And he decides that he wants to help his cellmate, prison mate, when he eventually is released from prison. What happens is that when the criminal is released from prison and he has the freedom to do whatever he wants, he can't adapt to it. He can't function. He, most of his adult life was in prison. There was a regimented there were regimented rules. There were, this is what you have to do this, this is what you have to do that, and so forth and so on, and here's where you get the food, and so. And now he's a free man, and he doesn't know what to do. He can't deal with it. Sounds like Netanyahu. For eight years, Obama handcuffed him. He really did. Anytime there was even talk of a, a house in Yerushalayim, an expansion of an already existing home in Maledumim, whatever, the White House went ballistic. Now, it doesn't seem to be that way. Now, the tone is totally different. Now, even, supposedly, I don't know if this is true, but the two-state solution is over. And I think Netanyahu doesn't know what to do. He's like that prisoner who has now been let free. Do whatever you want. There's no plan. At least there doesn't seem to be. When Netanyahu claims he has one, we'll see. But we haven't heard of any. What's the vision? Israel now can do whatever it wants? What's the vision? And is President Trump really handcuffing Netanyahu? Or is that just an excuse for him to be able to go back to prison where he didn't have to make independent decisions? We shall wait and see. I'll tell you one thing. One thing that Prime Minister Netanyahu said at the press conference, which he could not have said during the past eight years of the Obama administration... He let loose, and it was, this was not focused on, and it should be because I think it's the crux of the issue. What kind of, quote-unquote, Palestinian state do you envision those who support this two-state solution? What do you think is going to be the, the character? Do you think it's going to be some sort of a democracy, benign, friendly... Or do you think it's going to be a terror state in Iran, a Lebanon, a Gaza? We know the answer to that. And if you think that we're going to allow a terror state in smack dab in the heart of Israel, then you've got to be dreaming. 
And that, in that one statement, I think he wrapped up where we don't want to go. I don't know where, you, where we want to go, but I know that this is where we don't want to go, says the Prime Minister. Okay, coming up after the uh, break, we'll talk about some other interesting subjects that are on the uh, on the agenda. We'll tell you something funny about IKEA. I got I got everybody knows IKEA, and something happened last week. IKEA Israel, and I noticed it, and it's funny. It ultimately, made the news. Um, <laughs> so weird. We'll tell you about that. We'll tell you about. Um, the court system in Israel and what is going to be happening with that and this unbelievable um, website that monitors the funding of the radical left wing in Israel by mainly European entities, people that are coming from the outside of Israel and funding the radical left. I think I said radical left. I hope I did. Anyway, classic Shai Gabso, Arim Roshi. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shai Gabso, I think we could call that a modern classic. Arim Roshi, here on the Israel Show. As I mentioned to you earlier, uh, this morning, 
just a little while ago, I came across a website, which is amazing. You know, in Israel, there are many radical left-wing organizations that are doing a lot of work that I believe in most Israelis, most Israelis, I would even say overwhelming majority of Israelis believe is harmful to Israel. We're talking about organizations like Shuvrim Shtika, B'Tselem, Yeshdin, Zohrot, for sure. Zohrot is an organization that on Yom Ma'ut, instead of celebrating Yom Ma'ut, they organize, they organize um, um, conferences about how Israel during the uh, 1948 War of Independence took away land from the Arabs. You understand? Instead of celebrating Israel's independence, they're organizing conferences about Israel's horrible behavior during that period of time. They want everyone to remember that. I mean, never mind that if Israel would have lost that war, none of these people would be anywhere, but okay. We know about uh, B'Tselem. B'Tselem gives out cameras, video cameras, to, uh, to Arabs so that if they see any little thing, they should take a video of it so that they could uh, bring it to the attention of the worldwide press and show how bad Israeli soldiers are. Anyone doing something similar on the other side? I don't think so. It is because of B'Tselem that Elor Azaria is in court and his life torn apart because he shot a terrorist who was uh, wounded and lying on the floor and maybe even close to death. Tomorrow, actually, I believe that tomorrow is the is when his sentence is going to be revealed. If not for the camera of B'Tselem, nothing would have happened. Maybe he would have gotten some uh, rebuke in his file. He shot a terrorist, that terrorist that seconds before was trying to kill a Jew. Now, you have to follow rules, and I agree, you have to follow rules. But to call him a murderer is crazy. And what Israel had to go through because B'Tselem hands out these cameras is crazy. Yejdin is the organization that goes around looking for any shred of evidence that there's a part of a, of a Jewish town or community in Yudan Shamron that may be, may be owned by an Arab who doesn't even know that he owns it. A, 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 a barren, uncultivated area where there is some slight possibility that somewhere in that large area an Arab has ownership, the Arab doesn't know it, and even if he would know it, he wouldn't know where it is. And, and even if he would know where it is, he wouldn't go building a house there or cultivating it. That's what Yejdin does. And because of the great work, quote-unquote, of Yejdin... Amona was destroyed. So, NGO Monitor developed a great web page where you could see where the money is coming from. These organizations that are operating inside Israel are being funded by other organizations. Some of them are government-supported in Europe, mainly a little bit in the United States. You imagine, you imagine if Israel would be funding and channeling monies in the millions of dollars to organizations in any country that operate against the country itself? It would be scandalous. I think that Israel can't stop it, but at least we should all know that this is how it works. Now, these are not private individuals that are giving donations to an organization. These are non-governmental organizations 
sometimes there's quasi-governmental organizations throughout Europe who are doing this. Now, here, here are some of the totals. On this website, by the way, on this website, you can click to see specific organizations, what period of time, get graphs, get Excel spreadsheet downloads where you could literally analyze anything you want, all the information. It's all public information, but they've collected it and are presenting in a beautiful way. I'm holding in my hand a graph, a bar graph, which shows how much money each one of these organizations, Zohrot, Yeshdin, B'Tselem, and Breaking Silence, Shavrim Shtika, is getting, and you can see it, you know, as a, as a graph. I can see it as an Excel sheet. I saw it before. Um, Shavrim Shtika gets $3 million over the last few years. B'Tselem, $7,745,000. Yeshdin, $6,181,536. And Zohrot, oh, they're Nebuch, they only got a million three ninety-five. Altogether, altogether, and that's I don't mean altogether what we what we just said. Well, actually, yeah, these these amounts, these uh, these uh, five organizations. There's one more in here which I left out. Twenty over twenty million dollars, over twenty million dollars. You know how much you can do with that? Imagine you're running an organization that is not really supported by the people of Israel because the people of Israel are, are against what you're doing. And you get millions of dollars for, from, from some European, I got to say, anti-Semitic group. I can't imagine why else they would fund these groups. You don't find any of these organizations funding like just generally nice groups that do some good for Israel society. Here's the website. I'm going to post it on uh, our Facebook page so that you can go straight to it in case you don't remember what it is. It's www.ngo-monitor-org slash funding-database. www.ngo-monitor.org slash funding dash database. Take a look at it. I think you will find it rather interesting. And as I say, we'll post it on our Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash the Israel show. Please go ahead and look at the page. Have a look. Have a listen. And give us a like, hopefully. Like the page. It's very important for us in the Facebook world. The more likes we get, the more exposure it gives us. We're up to 423 likes, so keep them coming. And if you like the posts, that's also great. And you know by now, I hope, unless you're new, that we post links to all the songs, to the YouTube videos of all the songs that we play during the show, so you can listen to them whenever you want and enjoy uh, enjoy the great Variety, And that's what it is. There's a lot of new music, brand new music that we bring you. There's nostalgic music. There's all kinds of stuff. And uh, you can enjoy it all whenever you want, at your leisure. Listen at your leisure. Before we go to the next song, we're going to listen to Ma'aseh Ba'ar Ba'av, Ehud Banai, which is uh, based on the Gemara about Arba Shenichnesu Me'achorei HaPargod. Um, two things. One, please keep in mind in your prayers, please add for Mishabayrachs on Mondays and Thursdays and Shabbat for Cholim. Uri Avraham ben Elisheva, a good friend who needs um, prayers and needs a Fuashlema. Mirza Hashem, he will have one. Uri Avraham ben Elisheva. Uri Avraham ben Elisheva, we thank you for that. And if you're listening live, here's a note for tonight. Um, the Wayus Farm Sale is. Uh, taking place. Gill Student, our friend, speaks tonight 7.30 p.m. at the Rubin Shul on technology and Jewish law. An interesting guy who's really been in the forefront of um, using the internet to discuss Jewish matters, halachic matters, and I'm sure he has interesting stuff to say, so why don't, if you're in the area, it's great to go to the Wayus Farm Sale anyway, although I personally have... uh, sort of blinadered not 
Bleenadered made a nadered. <laughs> not to go because I just have too many books and I know that it's like a kid in a candy shop I'm going to have to pick something up and it's going to be not good so until I finish all the books on my shelf that I haven't read yet I'm not going <laughs> there's always Amazon um, Gil Student speaking tonight at the YU's Farm Sale at Ruben Shul 7.30pm technology and Jewish law. Here is Ehud Banai Maaseh Arba'a. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You, you, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hallelujah. 
Wow. Ehud Banai, off his album with Sisei Laila. That is a, I guess, a modern medrash based on uh, the Gemara in uh, Chagiga, Daf Yudalit Amud Bed, if you want to look it up. Thank you, Google. And so forth. And so on. Very deep. I have no idea what it means, I got to tell you. Many Kabbalists have uh, worked on that. And uh, I am definitely not one of them. Um, so, we promised to talk about the Israeli court system. And we will start. I don't know. Hopefully we'll continue next week. It's amazing, especially because the court system in Israel is very activist and has, in the past, actually overruled laws that were passed by the Knesset, which is the democratically elected body, while the court is not a democratically elected body. In fact, the court gets... Someone you get appointed to the court basically by one friend bringing in another. You understand how that works? There's a committee. But the way the committee is, was set up was that the current world view of the court, which is left, is has a majority. So they can veto any possible nominee for Supreme Court justice that they feel is not within their agenda. In fact, a few years ago, I guess, in a slip of his tongue, the, uh, the head of the Supreme Court, Aharon Barak, was faced with a nominee that I believe Ehud Olmert put up by the name of Ruth Gabizon, professor of law, very well um, acknowledged in Israel as, as a superb jurist. And he said, no, no, we can't have her because she has an agenda. She has an agenda. What does that mean? Everybody on that court has an agenda. Just she has a different agenda. So he didn't want her. And that's what's amazing. That the small group of people who represent not the majority of Israelis, for sure, just keep control of their little hegemony by making sure nobody else gets in. And no matter what the government tries to do, they have never been successful in breaking it. Look, you had a situation where the high court ruled that Amona had to be, the town of Amona had to be destroyed and the people exiled. Now, we've spoken about it many times and we showed how, quite frankly, it was, it would, it was a ridiculous reason for the people to, to leave, that there was no one really that owned the property that was going to use it and so forth and so on. But the high court ruled that they have to be expelled. Last week, a great organization called Rigavim, who try within the law, using the law, to fight for the land, literally the land of Israel. Big fights in the Galilee, in the Negev, where Arabs are taking over by violence, taking over huge tracts of, of Jewish land. So they brought a case to the court last week where a mosque was built illegally on what was clearly unquestioned private land of someone else, of a Jewish uh, um, citizen of Israel. And the court said for some convoluted, they found some convoluted reason why it was okay, and they weren't going to rule against it. What? Here, in Amona, we're not even sure who, uh, what the guy owns, where the piece, supposedly, of, of the parcel of land within the whole town is. Here, there's out-and-out proof that this mosque was built 
on stolen land, stolen property. Kalman Lipskind is one of the, I believe, leading investigative journalists in Israel. He is outstanding. I'm a huge fan of his. If anybody out there knows him, knows how to get us in touch with him, please let us know. You can email us, mayor at nachumsegel.com, or uh, send us a Facebook post. I've tried to reach out to him, but haven't been able to get a hold of him. He writes... Um, a great article in Mariv, uh, in the Friday Mariv. It's in Hebrew, but I'll post it on our Facebook page anyway. He brings another great example. We spoke about this a few months ago when the chief, there was a new chief chaplain who was um, uh, appointed, nominated. His name was, his name is Rav Eyal Karim, and uh, those who were opposed to him found several. Um, shiurim that he gave in which he said things that were the way they were interpreted sounded um, maybe racist or bigoted or whatever even though they weren't the the supreme it was brought to the supreme court who brought it to the supreme court of course the merits party the very far left merits party and uh, they wanted the Supreme Court to rule that the army can appoint this rabbi to be a chief chaplain because of something he said in a shear, I don't know how many years ago. And the court literally made him crawl and apologize and apologize and apologize and explain. Then, in another case... There was an appointment of someone by the name of Moti Almoz, writes um, Kalman Lipskin, that he should be the head of the personnel department, Rosh Aka, in the army. And it was brought to the court because he said many, many terrible things against rabbis and other religious figures in the religious leadership of Israel. One would say it's a similar case. Right, they were racist. They were anti uh, anti religious. Oh, the court said, no, we don't really get involved in the army's appointments of people unless it's a very, 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 you know, radical situation where there is a clear, obvious mistake that was made in the decision. And Common Lipskin, his his. At the end of the day, he comes to the conclusion, and he says very clearly, these judges are political. They are using their politics to make decisions, not law. And their political Weltanschauung, a view of the world, is left, and radical left. And that does not represent even closely the majority of the people in Israel who have, over the past 34, 30 years for sure, if not more, voted majority for the right. And he calls for a restructuring. It has to be started. It can't be that the only way to get appointed by the Supreme Court is to have other current Supreme Court members agree to have you come in. And if they don't like you to veto you, because all you're going to have is you're just going to continue this, the, the what they call the boy, you know, the old boys club. It's insanity. We'll talk more about it. We'll see what happens um, in the future, um, and we'll follow. We'll follow it closely. Um, I will try and get. Um, Common Lipskin to join us for an interview. I would love to have him on. And again, if anybody out there knows uh, how to get hold of him, please put him in touch with us. He can email us, mayor at, Ari- at arieltours.com. Yes, mayor at arieltours.com or mayor at nachamsegel.com. M E I R. Um, let's see, we'll do this. Should we have time? How much time do we have? Eight minutes. We'll do a short song and then we'll do another short song to close out. How's that? Okay? Okay. I think we were like, oh, Yishai Rebo. Oh, Yishai Rebo. Or Hachayim. 
I love this song. I think you know by now that I love this song, Yishai Ribo. Oh, for the album, Pachad Gvahim, Or Chayim, talking about the beauty of Torah, of our Jewish laws, of Judaism, of our tradition. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. מתהלכים כסומה אחריה ותכלית האמת היא כל צדדיה כל שבעים פניה יקרה מפז ומאושר נקנתי בעמל וביושר והיא הדרך והיא האושר listen to it hundreds of times and I can listen to it a few more hundred times the great Yishai Ribo with Or HaChayim should we brag and say that I think three years ago we debuted some of Koldo uh, D I think was his first uh, big hit and we said watch this name he's going to be big and boy has he become a superstar okay a little self promotion so I don't know if you saw this story this is very crazy IKEA has uh, has stores in Israel. I think it has two branches in Israel. And like any retailer, they want to check their demographics and market to each of the possible demographics that are out there. And so IKEA understood that the Haredi world in Israel is a big potential market base for sales of IKEA furniture. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. So they put out a catalog that was specifically for the Haredi market. All the pictures in the catalog were of, you know, Haredi-looking models, kids with payas, a parent, you know, father with a beard standing in a bedroom. The kids are playing, you know, or reading and so forth. No televisions, no, uh, no screens or anything. I thought it was a very smart marketing um, idea. Well, some women's organizations came out and were very upset because there are no women in the catalog. 
Okay. I mean, let's say IKEA had a store in Saudi Arabia. Maybe they do. I don't know. Or in any other Muslim country. And they put out a catalog without women. I, I, I don't know. Would there be protests about that too? This is the market segment that they're trying to reach. I'm very, again, I am very much against not having women pictured in newspapers and not mentioning names and so forth. I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy not to have women in an IKEA catalog. But they're in business to sell, and there's a marketing segment that catalog has to fit to their societal norms. But of course, in the PC world we live in, Swedish furniture retailer IKEA has apologized for a catalog aimed at Israel's ultra-Orthodox Jewish community that contains no images of women. IKEA says the booklet was produced by its Israeli branch, not by the Swedish group itself. Oh, it's not my fault. They did it. Yeah. IKEA spokeswoman Josephine Ike not sure how to pronounce her last name, but I'm also not sure how to pronounce most of the names of the furniture, says the catalog is not something that has gone through us, adding, quote, we have been very clear that this is not what the, the IKEA brand stands for. IKEA brand stands for selling, uh, if you ask me, but okay. Uh, she told the Swedish news agency TT late Friday that its Israeli franchise, quote, had tried to reach a consumer group and made an error. It's not clear how many catalogs have been printed. Blah, blah, blah. All right. I I think yet this is yet another example of PC gone amok. But in the meantime, that's the world we live in. Okay, we're going to close out. What are we going to close out with? How about, oh, I like this song. Eric Einstein with Gamad Shiratzah Liot Anak. A small person. Is that the politically correct way of saying it? that wanted to be a giant. It's a children's song, and it's very cute. Um, before we do that, we're going to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, an hour of great Jewish music, followed by an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein. And then... The Great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following Jamie and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Oh, 